apostates, questioning members, and maybe never Mormons. <laughs> Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Katie. Thank you for being here. I hope you're all doing well. Today, I am going to be reading a few emails from a lovely listener. She wants to remain anonymous because she's still in that transition phase that I know a lot of us understand where she doesn't believe she's left the church, but a lot of her family doesn't know this, and uh, I relate. I think a bunch of my family even probably still thinks I'm just quote-unquote inactive. <laughs> I'm just going through a phase for the last, what, <laughs> 12 years? Anyway, <laughs> so I'm just going to get right into her emails. They're great, and here we go. <laughs> So, my husband and I left the church recently, last October 2018 to be exact. Since then, we've been listening to your podcast, and I've totally been binging the 2018 episodes for the last week. Anyway, I've finally caught up to the recent episodes, and there are so many things I want to say in response and outrageous stories, but I will make this one short. So I finished listening to the missionary position, and when the guest speaker was talking about how she felt immense shame about masturbating on her mission and the promises of never again, I remembered something from when I was 15 or 16. I think I recall one of you saying that you had read Educated. Yes, Sarah and I both have read Educated, and we are actually going to be uh, making a full-length episode about it with a guest. And I believe that is going to be happening in July. So keep your eyes out for that. And if listeners, if you want to read the book, do so. It's wonderful. Continuing. So my mom did the same kind of energy healing. What she's talking about here, uh, just for clarification, is in the book Educated. The main character's mother does energy healing in quotes work so she'll you know put her hands over someone or she'll move and click her fingers in a certain way they don't believe in traditional medicine basically okay here we go back into the letter during one of her expensive training classes taught by some lds guy in utah he relayed a story to all of them in one of his training tapes i just happened to be in the car with my mom as she was listening to the tape He said there was a lady with breast cancer. During her energy session, it had been discovered by his question probing that she had masturbated and fondled her breasts when she was younger, and that is how the cancer came about. She was ashamed and had to forgive herself, and then he explains how he gave her energy points and how it coincides with God's priesthood power, and months later she was healed and the cancer was gone. As a 15-slash-16-year-old, my stomach turned. I had masturbated at a young age, and it was always something I quote-unquote struggled with and felt ashamed of. I was terrified that I would get cancer too because God was unhappy with me and what he saw me doing. Every time I made promise after promise, I won't ever do this again or I'll get cancer. And every time I broke that promise not to masturbate and I felt horrible and disgusting and knew I'd somehow unleash horrific and painful consequences on my future self and I kept expecting to get cancer. 
I even thought that the painful experience of getting my wisdom teeth pulled out was my punishment, especially since one of my church-going friends didn't have to get her wisdom teeth pulled. I straight up thought it was because of my unrighteousness. Oh my gosh! Like, this makes me so angry. This is why when people say, you know, you hear the argument a lot. You hear people say, well, you know, religion or Mormonism, Mormonism does so much more good than harm. Mormonism has, you know, gives people good values and lets them have good lives. Well, for a lot of people, no, it doesn't. For a lot of people, this type of torment happens. This this leads to so much trauma. You know, and I I had feelings like this not to this level, but I understand where she's coming from because I thought that if I did something wrong, even something as small as tell a white lie or maybe not read my scriptures that day, that something might happen to my parents or my grandma might die or something and it would be my fault. It's totally this superstitious way of thinking that is completely perpetuated in Mormonism. And I I would go so far as to say most religions, but in Mormonism in particular, it's it's so strong and I it's so nasty and I'm so sorry that this person had to deal with this crap. Okay, I'm going to move on to her next email. She said, maybe before I start on this next story I have for you too, I'll introduce myself a little. I am Native American from the Navajo tribe. I grew up on the Navajo reservation in northern Arizona. My parents were married in the Salt Lake Temple after having been converted and sent to white Mormon homes on the placement program set up by the church. So I've been in it for a while and have collected so many ridiculous Mormon stories. My husband, a Blackfoot Native American from Alberta, Canada, and I finally left the church last October. We both adore your podcast. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) So here's the story I have on grooming. My husband and I had just moved to to the Hopi, I hope I'm saying that right. I don't want to, I'm such a white girl, so forgive me, but I hope I'm saying that right. The Hopi Reservation from Wisconsin. He had just graduated from law school there. Anyway, we ended up back in Arizona. Hopi is two hours east of Flagstaff in the middle of nowhere. It is made up mostly of the Hopi people, and our small branch was 90% Hopi. My husband's new boss had just moved in from the Midwest as well, an old white guy. He was immediately made the branch president because, God forbid, any Native Americans were capable of leading the branch made up of their own community. Anyway, his boss began visiting our home often. He'd hug the kids and try to have them sit on his lap with my polite refusals and gently pulling my kids away. He'd look at me and say, they can call me grandpa if they want. After he left, I told the kids that the next time he came, they were not allowed to sit on his lap or let him tickle them. He began calling late at night, saying he needed me to come over to his house so he could give me a speaking assignment for Sunday. He still came over trying to be extra friendly to the kids. He would ask to see me in his bishop's office and ask me if things were okay with me and my husband. My husband was furious, especially since his boss was always so rude to him and would try to publicly humiliate him at work. 
When my husband's grandfather died, his boss texted my phone saying he was thinking of me and the kids, hoping we were okay. He did not even mention my husband. So my husband took my phone and wrote back, do not communicate with my wife. I always got a creepy feeling from him. I would chase my kids into their rooms if he ever came over and I never allowed them to be in his office. I wrote to the stake president to request to change wards and told them about all of these things, him texting me and asking to, me to come over to his house late at night. Crickets. We ended up moving because we just did not want to be there any longer. I warned my LDS neighbor not to let her daughters in the room alone with him and she stopped talking to me. He's still the branch president. Oh, does that not infuriate you guys? Uh, but I mean, good for you. Good for you for not letting your children be alone with him because I guess there's a small chance that he was harmless, but also it's like you should never force anyone to sit on your lap and you should never have someone like if he's going to give you an assignment to speak in church, he should have just told you over the phone. Um, all of this is completely inappropriate and for him to continue when you've asked to stop is horrible and for no one to come to your aid and for even like you said your neighbor to stop talking to you over this it's it's really scary and I this is how this is how sexual predators get away with what they get away with so I'm sorry this happened I'm sorry all of this crap happened to you Ugh, but I'm so glad you left. Welcome. Welcome to this side of the world. And listeners, I also want you to know I asked her, I wanted to know more about her experience growing up Native American in the church because, as I think we all know, there's a lot of racism in the church and especially with things like how we were taught that Lamanites are, you know, had became Native Americans so I've asked her, you know, her thoughts on that, and she said she'll she'll get back. So I also wanted to reach out to any of you as well. Maybe we could do a collective episode about that because Sarah and I have mentioned this before. We're just two white girls, you know, and we don't we know about the racism and we are completely horrified and disgusted by it, but we feel like we want to give the voices um, to people of color and to people that have actually experienced it. So if you're listening and you have stories about that, please send them in. Uh, if you want to share, I mean, you don't have to, if you don't want to, obviously, but if you want to share, you want to contribute, we can do, uh, a longer episode about that whole thing in particular as well. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you listener who wrote in. Again, if you guys don't know, even though I say it every time, <laughs> send in your stories to notsonallymormonpodcast at gmail.com. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.